is a complete sovereign act of, of God. You chose to extend mercy towards us, Father. We didn't even know to ask for it, Father. And yet you sent it through your Son anyway. And so, Father, we thank you. We give you praise and honor, Father, for your great kindness that you've showed all of humanity. We thank you, Father, that we have been able to take advantage of that in our own lives. And Father, we praise you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I was thinking about that song, but uh, mercy came uh, and delivered me. Uh, you know, one of the things uh, in the area of uh, uh, demonic work that it would be helpful to, to realize is that there's no human being on the earth uh, that has chosen to yield to the devil, even to the point of being fully possessed of the devil, that there's no human on the earth that if they want free, they can get free. Now, they may not know how to do it on their own. They may not have the power inherently uh, in the authority on their own to do it. They may have to find somebody to help them. But if they just, uh, because man is a sovereign will, it doesn't matter even if you've been fully possessed of the devil. If you desire to be free, the Lord will set you free. Uh, and uh, because the church has all authority in the earth. Uh, and so, you know, if we would quit giving the devil so much uh, credit for being all powerful and, and all these things, uh, he has no power. He, all he has is what you give to him. Uh, and, and even if you have chosen to give all to him, any time that you want free, you can become free. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, we see that, you know, the Gadarene demoniac there uh, in Mark chapter 5, it says that uh, Jesus asked their name, said, we're, we're legion. Well, you know, legion, uh, I was looking it up just the other day. I always thought it was like a thousand, you know, something. It's like 6,800 devils uh, had uh, possessed this man. Now, one's in charge, but he brings along with him 6,800 of his closest friends. Uh, and uh, that's basically uh, nearly the entire population of of Dayton, uh, that many devils had possessed this man, uh, and um, and so it took Jesus just a minute uh, to get him free, but not more than a minute. Amen. Uh, when I got saved, I got saved in a in a in a, a word church who believed in casting out devils, but that was in the '80s. And anybody remember the '80s? I had uh, uh, bad clothes and bad faith, right? Uh, and uh, uh, in the '80s, everything was a devil, right? Uh, if your soup was cold, it's a, it's a soup devil, right? If the lights were red, it was a red light devil. Uh, if you, had a, if you were just had a grumpy day, you had a grumpy devil. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so they were casting out devils out of wallpaper, out of washing machines. And, uh, you know, it was really embarrassing. And, of course, I'm just a child, uh, but I'm watching them spend, like, hours trying to cast devils out of people. And I'm reading in the book of Mark, you know, because I was reading in the New Testament, and the book of Mark is unique because it emphasizes the immediacy of the faith of God. And the word immediate is used so many times in the gospel of Mark. Specifically, it's unique to the gospel of Mark in that sense. Uh, and and I'm, I'm looking over here, the hours you're spending on, you know, hang on, let go, whatever, the, you know, uh, spending hours with them uh, instead of just commanding it to be done and then walk away. Uh, and there was a time when Brother Hagin had done that. There was a woman that was in... Uh, a psychiatric hospital, and the family had asked him to come and help and help. Uh, and so uh, he just commanded the devil to leave in the name of Jesus. He knew by the Spirit of God that she had yielded to a spirit, you know, that had caused her mind to, to, um, 
you know, to lose her mind in that sense. Uh, and then he walked away. Uh, and why? Because that was what the unction of the Lord told him to do. You, you speak the command of authority and you walk away. And she didn't look any different at all. And the next day, the, the daughter called and said, hey, uh, she's having a fit, you know, and what do we do? She's having another mental fit. And, and um, he said, that's just the devil tearing her on the way out the door. It, when, this gone, when this is gone, when this fit is over, she'll be fine. And she was. She was fine after that. Now, that took a day or so, not a week or a year or a month, uh, but uh, just a day or so, uh, because he had spoken the, 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 the words of faith uh, by the authority. And, th- and that's really the key to the church, uh, is we have to understand that, that our authority is wrapped up in the name of Jesus. Yes. And one of the things that the Lord showed me years ago, just in dealing with my children, that I've learned that it applies really in every area of my life, uh, because when I grew up, I don't know how you grew up, when I grew up, uh, it, the, the authority of my parents was relative to how loud they yelled at me, right? So if they just yelled at me a little bit, then I'm good. I just keep on doing what I want to do and ignore them, right? But if they yelled this loud, you know, then I'm in trouble, right? But this loud, it was, you know, I still keep on being rebellious and not do anything. Uh, and you carry that in on into the church, and people start screaming at the devil, you know, hollering at the devil, and they think that their authority resides in the volume of their voice, their authority resides in a position that you stand in. And we stand as a position of children of the Most High God with access to the name of Jesus. Uh, and, and so we don't have to holler at the devil, right? I mean, so many uh, people, that, they, uh, and look, I, if you've got to holler, that's fine. Right? I don't have a problem that you don't ever raise your voice. Uh, but I don't think, uh, and I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, I, I know Jesus said a loud voice when Lazarus told him to come forth. But I don't know that Jesus ever raised his voice to cast out a devil. Uh, and, and I, you know, if I'm mistaken, let me know about that. But I don't think he ever raised his voice to cast out a devil. He just said, be gone. Uh, because he knew that uh, it's not in the volume of his voice that, that got the devil all the devil. It must be really scared of me now. I screamed at him, right? Uh, and, and the devil's like, blah, 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 right? Uh, because if we think our authority resides in how loud we yell at him, He's laughing all the way home, right? It's like, they think they, I'm going to listen to him because they're hollering at me. You know, he said, my wife hollers at me every morning. I'm not going to be afraid of them hollering at me, right? And so, uh, and so uh, if we could learn the, the fundamentals of how authority works and how faith works, uh, it makes our lives a lot easier, amen? And even in your own life, you know, there's nothing that the devil has uh, authority in your life if you've yielded to him in some way, because the Bible says, neither give place to the devil, so that means you could, give place to the devil even as a child of God, as a Christian, uh, that you can't stop it any day you want to. Uh, the devil has no authority at all. All he has is he's a criminal, right? And if you allow him, you know, he'll set up camp at your house. But if you don't allow him, he can't just, uh, he can't continue in that. And, and so the spiritual authority is absolute. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no, the devil's like, well, I, I commanded him to go and he just didn't, right? Now, remember with the, with after Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, the man with the, with the, with the child said, you know, I tried to, in Mark chapter 9, I tried to get, uh, I brought this child to your, to your disciples to get him delivered from uh, the enemy, but they could not. They couldn't get him delivered. Well, that's true, right? Now, they, now that's in, in Mark chapter 9. They had already been given the commission, right? That are, the 12 had already gone out. By that time, they'd already, remember Jesus sent the 12 out two by two? Well, in, in Mark chapter 9, that he had already done that. And they had already been out doing that and, and getting the devil cast out of people. But they came up to this one, and for some reason, 
their faith wouldn't, uh, wasn't strong enough to get rid of them. Because, you know, sometimes uh, people get rid of the, you know, I cast out a devil of, of, of eating donuts, right? Okay, well, that's not very scary. You know, I cast out a devil of, you know, having a bad day. That's not very scary. But you get some of these mental uh, things and, and people act real, you know, uh, there, there's a physical, natural reaction to be terrified of these things, right? You see it and, and it can be a little uh, unsettling in the natural realm when you see, you know, people that are really possessed of the devil or under great attacks of the devil. Uh, and so no doubt that their physical and mental reaction to this child uh, allowed fear to come into them and they got out of faith. Uh, in fact, later on, when they asked Jesus, you know, why couldn't we cast him out? He said, uh, he said, this kind cometh out not by uh, prayer and fasting, but the kind that he was talking about, if you go back to the beginning of the story, he said, oh, you have little faith. How long must it be with this generation? Uh, he, what he was saying is this kind of doubt and unbelief doesn't leave your life unless you spend time in, in fasting and praying. Because uh, sometimes doubt and unbelief is hard to get out of your life. You know, you, you just... You kind of cruise along, and yeah, some things are really easy to believe, but then some things, it just, it takes effort to, to get to where you can believe them, uh, and you have to really spend time in the presence of the Lord and work that doubt and unbelief out of your life, and a lot of people don't spend the time with the presence of the Lord that they need to to get those things out of their life. They just kind of keep cruising along, and they have a mental knowledge that, yeah, that's so, but, they, but their spirit man has never, never been worked, out, worked that thing out of their life, right? And so... Uh, so if we can know that, then, then we wouldn't, first of all, be so afraid of the devil. And secondly, we wouldn't have so much theater in church, right? We just commanded it to be gone, and it, it has to go. It doesn't, it's just, well, well, maybe I don't want to go. doesn't matter if you don't want to go. You've got to go. Amen. Uh, and so hopefully that, uh, I'm sure that when Brother Andy comes in, in April, uh, he'll give us a lot more details about things like that. But, um, but the study of, of, of uh, uh, casting out devils, the, the, fun, the fundamental of that is if you can understand uh, how authority works, then it, it all becomes really simple. Amen? Um, and uh, yeah, we do have to deal with things and, uh, and uh, brother, brother, brother Randy has had infinite more experience than I have in the, that area. Uh, and so, because there's some things you just kind of learn along the way, right, uh, by experience. And so we, we have the, you know, we can have the fundamental uh, knowledge of the the doctrine of the word of God, but the mechanics of that sometimes, you know, it's good to have some experience in those things. And so Brother Randy has had the advantage of both having the fundamental doctrine uh, instilled in him through uh, Brother Hagen, but also uh, he probably, for just from his stories, I suspect that he's had even more interaction with actual possessed people than, than Brother Hagen did, because you just don't see it as much out in the regular world, right? Uh, we usually... Uh, carry people away like that off to somewhere safe, right? Safe from them and safe from themselves and safe from the rest of the world. So praise God. Uh, I think we finished up um, the, the fourth reason that we talked about, about the Spirit of God um, with the, the Lord Jesus, because we're going through the, the six reasons why every Christian should receive the Lord Jesus as the healer. And this fourth reason uh, was that it's the same Holy Spirit, right? But we didn't get to the questions there, so... <clears throat> Uh, so it, just remember that part of the reason of uh, Dr. McCrossan desiring to write this book was because a lot of the intellectualism that was coming into the church and trying to do away with the supernatural. Uh, and it's that, that intellectualism still exists in the church, where they're always trying to remove the supernatural aspect out of the church and, and just uh, 
kind of dissolve the church into being just good moral people, right? Without any supernatural, spectacular aspects of God in it, right? Just be good, mow your grass, vote, you know, uh, make sure that you, uh, uh, you know, pet the puppies and all those things. But, but as far as living in a supernatural way and, and, and divine health and healing, you know, well, we don't want to talk about things like that. And so there was a big push in that time frame about 100 years ago to remove that other church. So he wrote this book really in response to that. And, and you think about it, you know, uh, I don't know how people, uh, I mean, I know, I know why, but it's just hard for me to, to understand why people just, just don't want to believe in these things. I understand if their faith is weak, you know, I know it's true, but I just have a hard time believing that. Well, that's something that can be resolved. But to just flat out say it's just not for today. I just, you know, I don't know how to get to that conclusion based on the evidence that we see in the Word of God, right? There, there, there's uh, no evidence that, uh, that uh, other than God wants you to be 100% well every single time, and no exceptions. Uh, how many people that came to Jesus with sickness and disease left well? All of them. Not a single one ever came to him, and he goes, no, not for you today. And now the, the script and the scriptures tell us plainly in several places that Jesus came to do what? The will of God. Yeah. He came to express the will of God to the earth. I want you all to watch what I'm doing, and that's the will of God. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you do. You watch Jesus and you go, okay, everybody that came to him left healed. So that's the will of God. Uh, because if, if he wanted to make sure that, that God has a loophole that maybe sometimes he won't heal you, then at least one time he would have said, yeah, not, not today. You know, I, I prefer you to remain ill. Uh, in fact, there's that, that show on, on TV, you know, that uh, I think it's The Chosen, you know, that uh, overall, you know, it's a pretty good show, right? But they had this one scene where one of the disciples, you know, he, he's got a limp, right? And of course, it's, they just kind of make that up because there's no, no evidence of that in the Word of God. But, but the one, and so the disciples seeing everybody else get healed, but he's not getting healed. And so he finally goes to Jesus, hey, you know, what about me? Uh, and, and Jesus, you know, smiled at him, you know, like, like religious people do. And, well, you know, for you, it's just, it's just I think it's better for you to, to remain uh, ill, basically. And we're like, we're raising our hands. They didn't call on us, but we're raising our hands, you know. Uh, you made all that up, uh, and, and that's not true, right? Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, it, it's just, it's really hard for people to say, it's absolutely God's will every single time, no exception. You know, they just, they just can't hardly get to that. You know, they may even get to 99%. You know, most of the time, it's God's will. But, you know, we, we can't be fanatical. And so let's, let's leave a 1% wiggle room for us. So that, so that if, if we don't have the faith, we can, we can blame God, right? Well, I've got the faith, but God doesn't want me to be well. That way, it's not my responsibility, right? Uh, and so that's convenient, but it's unfortunate. Amen. Uh, and so, so let's go through some, some uh, questions here on, the, on this, on this uh, reason number four. <clears throat> and, of course, even if you hadn't read it, you could probably can guess the answers most of the time, right? Uh, and so uh, question number one is, what is a reason Christians should believe that God heals today? Same Holy Spirit, right? Is it a different Holy Spirit? Same Holy Spirit. What was the Holy Spirit doing in, uh, in and through Jesus when he was on the earth? Healing the people. What should the Holy Spirit be doing through his people that are left on the earth today? Same thing, right? So same Holy Spirit, same work, right? Uh, according to 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, 
in what two ways is the gospel supposed to come to us? Word and power, power, right? We've got the word part down pretty well, right? But a lot of times when we're out witnessing, we forget the power part. Uh, And uh, you raise uh, somebody's child from the dead, they'd be glad to hear anything you have to say, right? Uh, And so uh, the gospel is good news. Amen? Uh, And uh, uh, will God heal me? Well, the good news is today he will and tomorrow he will. Amen? Uh, According to Romans 15, uh, 18 and 19, how did Paul fully preach the gospel? Signs and wonders and the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Power of the Spirit of God. Uh, And so he said, I fully preach the gospel. You know, if you're only preaching uh, the morality of the gospel, you're only partially preaching the gospel. And much of the church is only focused on the morality of the gospel and not the power of the gospel. Uh, And, you know, uh, of course, morality is is valid, right? We should be moral. We should not lie or cheat or steal. We should be kind towards one another. Uh, but that's only part of the gospel, right? The fullness of the gospel, and that's why churches like us are often called full gospel churches, right? Uh, and, you know, I'm not really a big fan of that particular uh, uh, title because it implies that I'm telling you that I'm full gospel, that means that you're not, right? And so I don't really, don't really want to compare my church to your church, right, and say, well, I, I preached a full gospel. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, that's fine, and we do, but... I'm not here to try to compete and, and put others down for my, on my behalf, right? Um, in Romans 8.26, what does the word helpeth mean? Uh, well, in, in, yeah, it's, it means to take hold together with against. Um, and so when the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities, right, uh, he is taking hold together with against that weakness about not knowing how to pray. Uh, and so... Uh, uh, and I like that because it, it uh, gives us insight that, that our relationship with the Holy Spirit is one of partnership, right? Not, it's not just one of, of serv- service, which, it, of course, it is. We are servants of the Most High God, but uh, He is taking hold together with us, right? Not even on our behalf, it's together with us. So if it takes two to get the job done and you're not pulling your weight, then what's going to happen? You ever tried to carry like a dresser? Uh, you know, piece of furniture, and one guy's doing their part, but you're not doing your part, or, or you know, you're doing your part, but they're not doing their part. It's hard to carry a dresser um, with uh, if one person's on one end and doing their job, and the other person's not doing their job, right? Uh, uh, it's uh, and so they're not with you, right? They're not together with you against uh, the moving of that uh, piece of furniture, uh, and so what's that? Kind of like work, right? Yeah, yeah. You're doing your part, but they're not doing their part, right? Yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of people, you know. Uh, in fact, uh, when I was in high school, I, I was uh, uh, one of my jobs in high school. I worked at the shoe department of Walmart. And, and um, uh, if you want to live an exciting life, go work in the shoe department of Walmart. And people come in and, hey, I need to return these shoes. And they look like they've been through a war, right? I mean, just... You know, like they're shredded and, and there's no there's no tread left on them. And well, when'd you buy them yesterday? It's like no way you didn't buy those yesterday, right? Uh, and the, the manager's like, just let them have it, right? It wasn't worth it. Right? And so, uh, but uh, and, and they, back then Walmart closed at nine o'clock. Right now they don't ever close. And so, uh, so they close at nine. And we had to clean up. And it was a war zone every day, right? People come in and just th- you know flinging shoes around. And it's like, well, you got one shoe over there, one shoe over there. And, and it's, you know, can you just not 
do that, right? I mean, just try the shoe on. They don't fit. Just, you know, put them back in the box. And, uh, you know, you should have learned that in kindergarten, right? But people didn't learn in kindergarten. And just trash. It's like, what, what are, you, are you eating it here? What's the, what? uh, and just every day, I mean, just he had to vacuum every day. And it was such a mess. Uh, and it was me and another, another uh, uh, I was just in high school, so it was another girl that was there. And, uh, and she, never, she never helped. The manager wasn't there. We'd close. And I had to do all the work. I'd straighten all the shoes up. Uh, vacuum the whole thing and do it all. And she would just, you know, she didn't have a phone there, right? It wasn't like she was texting. She was just counting ceiling tiles like, you know. <laughs> and so I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just gonna, not going to do my part one time. And so I left and it, there was a bomb had gone off in the, in the department like it does every day. And I just left. Yeah. And so the next day, my boss, who really liked me, uh, the manager of the store, right? Not of the apartment, but the whole store came and took pictures with those, those Polaroid cameras. To, with the instant, he took a picture and showed all the mess that we left. And she said, why'd you leave this mess? I, I, she, I said, I'm just doing the same part that she did, you know, every day, which is nothing. Uh, and, and I'm just kind of tired of doing all the work, you know. Uh, and she said, well, I should fire you, but you're the only one working, so I can't fire you. I'm going to fire the other girl. And it's like, well, yeah, because I'm, not, I'm the one who's doing all the work, right? So you could fire her or keep her, it's the exact same deal, right? Uh, uh, and so she was not working together with me against anything. Uh, and so, uh, but, um, I mean, I wasn't trying to get fired. I was just trying to make a point, you know, that, uh, uh, well, you shouldn't have done it. It, it worked, right? And so uh, you, can, you can do whatever you want to with that, right? So anyway, to take hold together with against. He's our, we're, we're partners with this. And, and, and you should always be aware, especially if you're witnessing, you should always be aware of the partnership with the Holy Spirit. If you're talking to somebody, he's talking to them too. Amen. And so don't feel like, you know, I've got to do this all on my own. Uh, we are partners together with the Lord against anything that, that he has put in front of us. Amen. Uh, and especially any uh, uh, obstacles that the enemy has put in front of us. In Romans 8, 11, uh, does mortal bodies mean dead bodies or bodies subject to death? Bodies subject to death, right? So mortal bodies doesn't mean already dead. Uh, it means that they're subject to death. It means they will die. And so people, again, try to, to get around that verse, right? That there's the same spirit of uh, God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He shall quicken your mortal bodies. So well, we can't have that. So let's say that what he's really talking about is in the future after our bodies are dead, then, then that's what's going, then the Spirit of God's going to quicken our mortal bodies then. He's going to cause our dead bodies in the future to raise again. Uh, why? Because they're trying to do away with the supernatural. And so always be suspicious of anybody who's trying to do away with the supernatural, that their doctrine is, 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 uh, uh, has a lot of fallacy in it. Uh, and then uh, finally there, also according to Romans 8.11, does the quickening of, quickening of our mortal bodies occur now or at the resurrection? occurs now, right? He, uh, the word quicken means to make alive, right? So he makes our mortal bodies, our bodies that are currently subject to death, and everybody's body on the earth is currently subject to death. Uh, he will make that body alive and allow it to remain alive until the time that you're supposed to be, uh, go home to be with the Lord. Uh, and so uh, it, that, that should encourage us, amen, uh, that uh, our bodies are necessary for the service of the Lord to complete the work that he's given to us uh, and so those bodies need to be well so that we can complete the work at hand, amen, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Uh, and so, uh, and so that, that ends the uh, fourth reason there. So uh, we can pick up 
the, uh, uh, the next section there, it's uh, uh, Division I, Region 5. Uh, and uh, uh, why should we take Jesus as our healer? Because it still applies today. Uh, and so he's going to go through and explain, you know, that this is so. So let's turn over to Mark chapter uh, 16 here. <clears throat> and let's start, we'll start in verse 15. So this is, you know, of course, this is after the resurrection, right? Jesus has appeared to the disciples. Uh, and who did he appear to first? Uh, the Marys, right? And... Uh, and um, so that means he appeared to the women first, right? Why did, he, why did he appear to the women first? I just, you know, my opinion is he just wanted to stick his thumb in the eyeballs of the, these the crusty old men uh, and uh, wanted to show them, hey, you're not the only ones that I've sent the gospel to, right? Uh, and uh, because they didn't believe him, right? Remember, at the, before this great commission, it says in verse 14, afterwards, uh, after, the afterward there is after he appeared to the women, right? He appeared to Mary Magdalene there up in verse 9, uh, and, um, and then the other women there. Uh, and it says, After, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at me and upbraided them with their unbelief. So he took their unbelief and, and, and whooped them upside the head with their own unbelief <laughs> and, uh, and hardness of heart. Why? Because they believed not them. Well, who's the them that didn't believe? The women, right? And men have struggled all through the centuries believing the women. I don't know why, you know, people say, well, women aren't called to do this or that. And my observation is like, look, if they've got the spirit of God, if they clearly have the call of God and anointing of God upon their life, who am I to say, Lord, you're wrong? Not so, Lord. Uh, You are not allowed to anoint any women at all. Uh, You know, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't understand that, you know. Uh, And so I had somebody come to my church years ago and uh, just visiting during the week. And the first question he asked me, you know, not like, what do you guys believe in, you know, salvation or whatever. He said, first question was, do you believe in women preachers? And I said, you mean, do like, do they exist? I mean, is that what you mean by, you know, I knew what he meant, right? But I was just giving him a hard time. No, you know, it's wrong to have women preachers. I said, really? Well, well, the first one to preach the gospel was the women, right? And you had Deborah ran the whole country of Israel. And then you've got uh, Phoebe in, in, in Acts chapter 16. You've got the four uh, daughters that's prophesied in Acts 21. Uh, w- so what part of women are not supposed to do things, right? Uh, you, know, I, I don't, you know, you had Priscilla and Aquila, right? The husband and wife team. He never said, oh, well, we only have, you know, we only want uh, Aquila. Uh, and so it was always Priscilla and Aquila, right? The, the duo. Uh, and so I know, I know what the word of God says other places about women keep silent in church, uh, which is true, right? If women are mouthy, what should they do? Keep silent in church. If the men are mouthy, what should they do? Keep silent in church, right? In that particular church, the women were mouthy, and so they had to be dealt with. And, and that's fair, amen? It wasn't a law that women are only ones mouthy. There's plenty of men that are mouthy and, and shouldn't be talking, right, and, and, um, and interrupting the service. And so uh, it, it's... Uh, uh, anyway, it's, uh, that's another whole discussion right there, right? We stir up a lot of stuff with that. Uh, and so uh, he, he upbraided them with, uh, I like it, it's interesting, he upbraided them with their unbelief. You all stubborn, stiff-necked people, you know, that's what he was telling with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not on them which had seen him after he was risen. Uh, did he just kick him to the curb? No, that's the thing I like about the grace of God 
is he upbraids him right here. And the very next second, next breath out of his mouth, he said, now, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, do we have that kind of grace and mercy in our lives when somebody isn't right and perfect? Can we correct them and then move on? A lot of times we'll correct them and then hold it against them the rest of their life. Well, don't you remember that thing you did wrong? Well, I thought you dealt with it. Yeah, but I want, you to, remi- I want to remind you about that error that you made 8,000 years ago. Uh, well, thank you. You and the devil are both reminding me about that every day, right? Uh, God's not reminding me about it. Uh, and so, uh, so we should learn some of the grace here, amen? Uh, it's the same thing. If you go back over to uh, Matthew chapter 16, uh, and Matthew chapter 16, if you remember, uh, that's when uh, Jesus strongly rebuked Peter. Get thee behind me, Satan. He said that to Peter, right? Why did he say that? Because uh, Peter had said, Lord, you're not going to die and go to the cross. You're not going to go to the cross and die. Uh, not so, Lord. And he says he grabbed him, right? He grabbed him by the arm. And, uh, can you imagine grabbing Jesus by the arm and then rebuking him? Well, Peter did that. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan, right? But that's in, in, in Matthew 16. Well, in Matthew 17, he said, Peter, let's go. We're going to go up to the mountain. I'm going to be transfigured, talk to Moses and Elijah, and you're going to see some really cool things. He didn't kick into the curb. Uh, he corrected him, rebuked him strongly, and then moved on. Amen? <clears throat> uh, and so, you know, you've got to give people the opportunity to uh, recover themselves. Amen? You can rebuke people, no problem, right? And if they recover themselves, then you move on. Now, some people, if you rebuke, uh, even, I mean, when we say rebuke today, it's, it's the most watered-down rebuking that you can possibly imagine. Hey, you might want to think, you know, about that a little bit more. Well, how dare you say anything to me? You know, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> Fine, whatever, right? I mean, you know, Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Can you imagine saying that to somebody today in a church? Well, you're acting just like Satan, right? I have told people, I've told this before, but the people were complaining about the finances, right? And you shouldn't go on mission trips. Why shouldn't you go on mission trips? It's too expensive. And and I said, you know, you sound just like Judas. Because who's the only one ever complained about money in the the Gospels? It was Judas, right? So (laughs) now that didn't really go over well with them. But, you know, it's true. Is it not true? The only one who complained about money was the thief. Amen. And I can tell you this, that the only people who's ever complained about money were people who didn't give. It's like, why do you, why are you complaining about money? You're not giving it anyway. Uh, and so, you know, you want to say stuff like that sometimes, but, uh, you know, uh, but, but see, Jesus could rebuke people, but also move on. Amen. He didn't overlook it. He dealt with it sometimes severely because he upbraided them here. And he, and he said, get thee behind me, Satan, over there with Peter. And it, it, we good? All right, let's go, boys. And that's what he did. Amen. And, and, and so... That it's no, there's no doctrine about it, but you observe from, from the actions of Jesus of how we're supposed to operate. Uh, and I see oftentimes where, where uh, if, you, if you make a mistake, that you get pushed in a corner and you're not ever allowed to overcome again. Amen? And my observation is if people make a mistake and you call them on it, most people will not only recover themselves, but be the best person for that job the rest of their life because you've given them the grace and the mercy to overcome and to, and to recover themselves. And they're so thankful and appreciative that they will, they will never... Now, some people, just, you know, they're just, uh, they're just inherently people of poor quality and character, and they will never overcome. And, that, you know, you, then you've got to get rid of people like that. But a lot of people you correct, they will be a better person because you've done that. Uh, and, and if you'll do it with the kindness, because uh, a lot of times when people rebuke other people, they do it with the intention to harm, right? 
to get the pound of flesh out of them instead of with the desire to correct them and to help them. Amen. Jesus, uh, did he kick them to the curb after he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart? No, he upbraided them, corrected them, and then he moved on. Okay, boys, now let's go into all the world and, and take care of some things here. Amen. Uh, so that was just a little side journey, but it's still, uh, I, I appreciate the ministry of Jesus. And I look at it as from a leadership standpoint, how we're supposed to deal with people. Amen. Don't let things slide. If, if, if the Lord says you deal with it, you deal with it, but also give people the opportunity to recover themselves. Amen. And so, uh, so then he said immediately uh, unto them, the same ones he just upbraided with their unbelief and hardness of heart, now go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, I, I like that verse because that sets the tone of, of the mission of the church. Uh, go all the, you know, all the world and do what? Preach, preach the gospel to every creature, right? Uh, and then he says, uh, then he starts explaining about how this should take place. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Uh, and, uh, and these signs shall follow them that believe. So uh, in verse 17 there, these signs shall follow who? Yeah. Them that believe. So is it limited to uh, them, the apostles? No, it's expanded beyond the apostles to who? Anybody who's willing to believe. Well, who would that be? Well, any, any Christian, is a, every Christian is called a believer. So every Christian has the potential to have these signs follow after them, right? So it's not limited to the apostles. It's not specific to the ministry. It's to the whole church. Amen? Amen. Uh, and so these signs shall follow them to believe. So that implies then if we don't believe, how many signs will follow what we do? None. Well, I've never seen anything happen in my life. Uh, okay, well, then you just told me exactly what I need to know because it says it does if you, if you believe, implying that if you don't believe that you don't get them because it doesn't say these signs shall follow everyone. Amen? So he's constricting uh, where these signs will be. Amen? Uh, and so then it tells you, okay, it's for a subset of the church. It's not for the whole church. It's for only those who are willing to believe. Uh, and, and you find that throughout the Word of God, that there's a lot of promises of God, that these are specific to that, right? We, when we were in Gatlinburg or, or in, um, in, um, we were in Pensacola this week, uh, we were reading about, uh, about sowing and reaping. And the Bible says there in Second in, uh, Corinthians chapter 9 that he gives seed to who? Sower. The sower. So it doesn't give seed to the church. He gives seed to the sower. So a subset of the church, right? Only those that he has uh, given the title of sower to, uh, and that's an earned title, right? It's a title that, that you obtain by proving, by having a track record of sowing that now, now you are designated a sower, right? Well, I gave once. Okay, that's fine. You're not a sower yet, right? So uh, you're a sower after a long period of time of faithful giving. Then the Lord says, okay, that's a sower. And so I'm going to give seed to that sower. So before that, you've got to operate by faith, right, to prove that you're going to be a sower. And, and then after that, then the Lord starts giving seed to you. So that's, that's a, for a limited subset of the church. Now, it's available to everybody, but you've got to qualify, right? Just like these, right, these signs are available to everybody, but you have to qualify for them by believing, right? These signs should follow them that believe. Not, they don't follow everybody. They follow only those who are qualified for that. And so there's a lot of things. Now, uh, would, would the, those who don't believe in the signs to go to heaven? Sure, right? Just like those who don't give would go to heaven. Amen? Uh, and so uh, they'll be just miss out on things. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not uh, qualifying your salvation or qualifying your entrance into eternity. 
It's just qualifying for how much of the, of, of the blessings of the Lord that you get to experience on the earth. Now, as a child of God, amen. So these signs shall follow them that believe, implying these signs shall not follow them who don't believe. Uh, how many people in the church don't believe in healing? No. And they say, well, it didn't work for me. These signs shall follow them. I mean, it says right there, right? Okay, well, then, well, then, you've, you've, then you've told me where you are because you've got those that believe and then you've got those that don't believe. And so those that believe get the signs and those who don't believe don't get it. I know we're kind of belaboring it, but it, it, to me, the gospel is really simple. If I'm not having signs, then I'm going to hear and I'm saying, well, Lord, there's, there's only, uh, uh, you've given us the, the specifics of how they get these signs to work. And it says, them that believe. And so if I'm not seeing the signs in my life, I'm not ever seeing anybody get healed, if I'm not seeing any deliverance at all in my life and the list of things here, then, then uh, either, because uh, he didn't say these signs should follow them believe unless I'm just not feeling like it. I know you're believing, but I'm just not going to give you the signs. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, provide that loophole for him on his side. He said, if you believe, these signs will follow. So from, from a covenant standpoint, that's an agreement, right? That's a covenant agreement with the Lord that he has declared that it's to be so, and he will not back off on this, on this promise. Uh, and you've got, to, you've got to have your relationship with the Lord established like that, that you, you can't give any wiggle room, that if he, if he doesn't give any wiggle room for him, then he has no wiggle room. He is required by his own word, not by me, but his own word, I declare, if you believe, I will do these things. And so uh, then, then you can go to the Lord and say, oh, Lord, I believe that you do these things, so I'm expecting to see them. And he'd be like, don't you dare tell me to do no, you're not, you're not demanding that he do anything. All you're asking him to do is to do what he said he would do. So we're not asking him to, do, to give us something that he didn't promise. Are these promises? Are he, is he declaring these things? These signs shall follow them that believe. Uh, and so, so then he gives a list, right? Uh, in my name. So then he starts out, the, uh, I think the most important aspect of these signs is understanding that they are wrapped up under the authority of the name of Jesus. Because if you don't know that, then you're going to do other things, right? In my name. Uh, people will use all kinds of other ways to try to obtain these promises, right? They'll use the Bible and they'll, they'll put the Bible on somebody. Uh, does it say uh, by placing uh, this printed book on somebody that'll cast out devils? No. Does it say, you know, somebody's got to throw up pea soup before they can cast out a devil? No, there's no promises like that, you know. It says, in my name. Uh, what about, uh, not to kick over a golden calf or anything, but what about pleading the blood. Uh, these signs shall follow them that believe. By pleading the blood, they shall cast out devils. Does it say that? No. How many people have you, have you heard say, when it comes to the devil, most important thing is to plead the blood? And yet it doesn't say that, right? Uh, and so uh, we get into error many times because it, now does, does pleading the blood sound like a good thing to do? Plead the blood. But, yeah. Well, you know, that phrase actually does not exist in anywhere in the Bible, Old Testament or New Testament. That phrase does not exist. It's not a biblical phrase. It's a, it's a religious phrase. Uh, and, and yet uh, people have used that, right? And look, I'm not mad at anybody uh, at all. Uh, and and uh, somebody, I, I, in fact, I was talking to somebody about this one time. Uh, and I said, we well, you know that doesn't exist. You know, it's not in the Bible. And, and they looked at me and said, well, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Fine, right? Because he says, here's how to get these signs in my name. Okay, Lord. Okay, so it's by your name, right? Yep. Okay. By the blood. I said by my name. Okay. You said by, by your name? Yep. Yep. Okay. By the blood. No, no. That's not what I said by my name. You said by your name? Yep. Yep. Okay. By the blood. No. 
Sometimes we're a little slow, right? So you want me to do it this way right here, Lord? Yep, okay, I'm not going to do that. And that's what they're saying, right? Okay, you said, in my name they shall cast out devils. Yep, okay, I'm not doing it that way. I'm going to put my Bible on them, or I'm going to hold the crucifix up to them, or I'm going to sprinkle holy water on them, or I'm going to, you know, plead the blood over them, or, you know, put a ham sandwich on them, or, you know, something. But I'm I'm not going to do it your way, Lord. I want to do it my way. So that's fine. Uh, it ain't going to work, right? Uh, and so, uh, again, uh, I'm not mad at anybody, but, you know, our faith can only reside in the Word of God. What if it worked? What if you, what if you pled the blood and the devil left? Well, I mean, you know, it could happen. There's a, it's called blind squirrel faith, right? Which is even a blind squirrel can trip up and find an acorn every now and then. They didn't do it, you know, by their own ability. They did it just by accident. And sometimes the Lord will have mercy on our ignorance and our unbelief. Uh, and, and things will happen. But the problem with that is, what, what is your faith in? Well, now my faith is in that experience. That's great. I didn't have that experience, so what can I, what can I apply my faith to? I, I can't apply my faith to your experience. Faith has to come and founded only upon the Word of God. That's it. Faith cannot be based upon experience. Experiences inform our faith. They encourage our faith. But our faith has to be in only the Word of God. And so if you can't find it in the Word of God, then you cannot have faith in it. Uh, and so you should not have faith in anybody else's experience. Uh, that we, We're thankful for testimonies. We're thankful that they encourage us. Well, that they can do it. I can do it. That, that's great, right? And we should, we should have testimonies, amen? We should testify of the goodness of God. But if you've done something, well, I did it this way, and you're like, well, where'd you get that in the Word? Well, I, I didn't have any Bible for it. I just did it, and it worked. Man, that's great. Uh, I can't repeat that, right? I can't, uh, I can't use that example for my benefit, amen? But if you said, I went to them in the name of Jesus and I cast the devil out, well, yeah, you're just doing what they're saying here. So if you did it that way, I can do it that way. Uh, and so you've got to be careful about, well, it worked. That, that, that's still, that's not faith, amen? Uh, it worked, and sometimes the mercy of God allowed these, allowed these things to work. Uh, but uh, anybody ever heard that phrase, plead the blood? Right? Uh, and it's a bit of a golden calf, amen? Uh, play the blood, play the blood. And again, it's, I, I most often hear in relation to working with uh, demonic forces. And yet Jesus, the very first thing he said, in my name they shall cast out devils. And so he made it really clear that it's by authority that we cast out devils, right? The name of Jesus is, is, the, is the handle of authority in the earth, amen? It's, it's the expression of his authority in the earth. We're, we are name droppers, right? You ever had name droppers? Well, you know, the, the pastor told me I could do that. Oh, okay, well, well I wasn't going to let you do that, but since you dropped the pastor's name, then, you know, I can, you know, or the boss told me I can do it. Okay, well, I wasn't going to let you do it until you said the boss said that we could do it, but since you said the boss, would, you know, and it's okay. We can be name droppers and say, in the name of Jesus, we're going to cast out a devil, amen? Uh, and so, in my name, they shall cast out devils. What, what, what if it doesn't work? It, it, there's no loophole. It says if, if you cast them out in the name of Jesus, they will what? They will be gone, right? They, in my name, they shall cast out devils. Uh, and so, and we know the story with, with, uh, uh, with Brother Hagen that he said that it was always a, a, a helpful story is uh, it, he was having a prayer line and, and this one fellow came up and they said he had tuberculosis of the spine. And I, I don't really know what that means, but basically it causes your spine to stiffen. And so he couldn't bend over or anything like that. And in one of the visions with the Lord Jesus that he had, the Lord said, uh, this was only for a short period of time in Brother Hagin's ministry, 
uh, as he was growing in the ministry, the Lord showed him how to do things in a different way later on. But he said, when you go and lay hands on somebody, you put, you put your uh, one hand on the front and the one hand on the back. He said, if you sense the anointing, jump from one hand to the other hand. He said, then you'll know it's, uh, that their sickness is due to a demonic presence. He said, if that's the case, cast the devil out and they'll leave and they'll be healed. Uh, now, that, you can't build your faith on that because that was unique to his ministry. And so uh, uh, are some sicknesses and diseases due to demonic presence? They are, right? And so the Lord can reveal to you that, that the sickness is due to a demonic presence, and that's fine, right? Uh, so I can't build my faith on that, but I can build my faith that if it's, if it's sickness due to demonic presence, I can cast the devil out and the, the person will be healed, amen? So that's fine, and I don't have a problem with people telling stories like that. Uh, again, uh, I can't build my faith. To, well, that's going to happen for me in order for that to know. I don't have any Bible for that part of it, amen? But that's fine, and so because everything that's ever going to happen uh, in the Spirit of God is not written in the Word of God. Uh, but faith is, amen? Faith always works, and, so, and the anointing always works. And so, but anyway, he, he, he knew by the laying on the hands of this person that their sickness in their spine was due to a demonic presence, uh, and so he cast, he cast the devil out of them. He said, now, now bend over and see if you can touch your toes, or, or see, uh, see if you can bend over. And the man couldn't bend over. Uh, and so... What do you do? You move on, right? Well, you know, because, you know, when you're praying for a lot of people, and he'd pray for hundreds of people at a time, you don't know where everybody's at, right? Some people are, have got high faith, and they have great expectation when they get in line. Some people are going, I don't think it works, but let's just try it, right? And so they're in unbelief. It doesn't matter how much faith you've got. You, your faith can't overcome somebody else's unbelief, amen? Even Jesus. I mean, your, people's unbelief hinders the Lord Jesus, amen? He could there do no mighty works because of their what? unbelief, right? Uh, and so unbelief can hinder the work of God. Uh, and so he just moved on because, you know, you, you don't have time to figure out every, every situation, what's going on. And so the man just had to go back, you know, un, unwell. And he, went, he kept on going down and preaching and he looked over and the Lord Jesus appeared to him there in the service uh, and, and said, uh, and he reminded Brother Hagin, uh, in my vision that I had with you, I told you to lay your hands on them, and if the, if the anointing of God uh, jumped from one hand to the other, then uh, it was a demonic presence, cast it out, and it'd be well. And Brother Hagin said, I, I did that, Lord, uh, and, and they, weren't, they didn't recover. And so uh, the, Lord, the Lord repeated himself. Remember what we talked about uh, this morning about Elijah, right? The Lord repeated his question to Elijah, uh, and you always got to pause when the Lord repeats his question. And so the Lord repeated the exact same thing. Uh, I told you to lay hands on them, and if the anointing uh, jumps from one hand to the other hand, the sickness is due to demonic presence, cast it out, and they'll be well. And Brother Hagin said, I, I did that, Lord. I, I remember the vision. I was there. It's only been a month ago or so. I remember the vision. I did what you said, and it didn't, and, and it didn't work. And the Lord repeated a third time. Same exact thing. I told you to lay hands on them, and if the, if the, if the anointing of God jumps from one hand to the other hand, that the sickness is due to demonic presence, cast it out, and they'll be well. And now you can, you can hear him, tell, when he tells a story, you can just hear like his knees are buckling. It's like, I, I know you told me that, Lord, because he's trying to figure out why is he repeating the same thing, right? Because now he's thinking, okay, there's something else, but I don't know what the something else is. And so he said, I know you told me that, Lord. I remember the vision. He said, I did what you told me to do. I laid hands on him. The anointing jumped from one hand to the other. It was due to demonic presence. I, I commanded the devil to leave, but it didn't leave. 
And he said, uh, when, he, when he just, the third time when he complained to the Lord that it didn't work, he said, uh, he looked at the Lord and he said, fire shot out of his eyes. He said, yes, but I told you that it would. And just like that, he was gone. Uh, and he realized, uh, what did he say when he prayed for the man? He said, bend over and what? See if you can touch your, touch your toes. See, see he, he said, if is the badge of doubt. Because see, faith says, yeah, bend over and touch your toes. Uh, and so, see, he was in unbelief, even though, you know, see, he was doing it, see if it works, right? He, he went through the whole process, and let's see if, if it works. But the Lord said it would work. So he didn't have faith in what the Lord, Lord, the Lord told him. He was just, let's just see if it works. I guess it didn't work. And Jesus said, yes, but I told you that it would. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, thanks. If you could have just said that that way, not so mean the first time, I would have got it, you know. But, you know, you just kept repeating yourself over without any explanation. Then, you know, and we're, we're slow people, right, man? We're all slow people. And, and so sometimes, you know, we don't get it. Uh, uh, and, and so he, he's, you're right. He called the man back up, laid hands on him. Same exact thing happened. The anointing went from one hand to the other hand. He knew it was anointing. Pen. Now, you leave in the name of Jesus. Uh, he said, now, bend over and touch your toes. And he just smacked him on the back. And it, sure enough, he just bent right over and touched his toes and was 100% healed. Amen? Uh, and so, these signs shall follow them that what? Believe, Believe right? And, and so, the key is that you have to qualify to obtain these promises. Amen. You have to choose to believe. Well, what if I don't believe? Well, then you're not qualified for these promises. Amen. In my name, they shall cast out devils. And then that's what, G- what Brother Hagin did. He said, in the name of Jesus, you leave. Right. So even though the Lord gave him a special anointing and the Lord gave him special instructions, at the end of the day, it operates exactly the same way, by faith through the authority of the name of Jesus. Uh, and so they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if you drink any daily thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Uh, and so, uh, is there any wiggle room? Well, I laid hands on them, and, and it didn't work. Now, understand, people's unbelief can hinder your belief. Amen? Uh, and so there is that, but, but you're at, you're, your responsibility is to always be in faith. Amen? And I remember, uh, you know, before I was, before I was pastoring, you know, I, I laid hands on a lot of people that traveled around the world in mission trips and laid hands on people. But it was just different when, you, when I became a pastor, right? Now, now I'm kind of responsible. Uh, people are coming up in the prayer line that I, that, uh, you know, I ask people to come up into. I know it's not I, right? The Spirit of God instructs us to do those things. Uh, but still, you know, uh, that, now for me personally, it, I have no question about whether it's going to work for me. But, you know, for a little bit right after I became a pastor, like, well, what if it doesn't work for them? I know it works for me, but what if it doesn't work for them? Uh, and, and I was just happened to listen to it. It was a Brother Hagin message. And he said, you know, every time I pray for people, I always pray 100% that they're going to be healed and well. So that's it, right, uh, Brother Hagin? My faith is my faith, right? I, I can't control your faith, but as long as you're okay, as long as you're either neutral or in faith, then we're going to be good, yeah. right? Uh, and so my faith is always, when I lay hands on you, you're going to be well 100%, amen? And, and, I, and I have no doubts ever about that when I pray for people, uh, that, that my faith is always 100%, amen? I can't control your faith, but I can control my faith. Amen. And if, and if you were wise, your faith would hook up with my faith. And, and when you'd come up, you'd, you, you would say just in your own heart, as soon as hands laid on me, I'm going to receive everything that the Lord has for me. That should be your faith. Every time you go into prayer line, you should never go, let's just go see what happens. I can tell you exactly what's going to happen every time. Nothing's going to happen. Amen. Uh, and so, 
So this is, this is the Great Commission. Uh, we're about out of time, so we'll have to uh, continue this next week. Uh, but, you know, there, sometimes you will see people say that, well, you know, this part from, from in Mark chapter 16 from verse 9 to verse 20, you know, it's not found in the best manuscripts of the, God, of, of the original Greek language. And so we just throw all, all those verses out. Uh, but the problem with that mentality is, uh, first of all, the, 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 historically speaking, uh, these verses have been found in plenty of other writings and, and uh, been quoted for centuries and centuries. Uh, and all of these things, uh, are, except for uh, the one about drinking deadly things, have been found in the, in the book of Acts anyway, right? So it's not like these are brand new things that is not found anywhere else. These, uh, did they uh, cast out devils in the book of Acts? They did, right? Did they speak with new tongues in the book of Acts? They did, right? Did they, uh, uh, did they, anybody ever get bitten by a serpent in the book of Acts? Uh, they did, right? Uh, and, and did they, anybody lay hands on a sick and see them recover in the book of Acts? They did. So everything except for the drinking the deadly thing, uh, and, and uh, we have no record of that particular one, uh, but that's kind of a minor aside, right? Anybody want to sign up for that one? Yeah, I'll drink it, right? Uh, and, and these things are not to be used to tempt the Lord. I'm going to go drink it, you know, because... Uh, in our circle, not in our circles, right, but in the, in the dumb part of the, 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 the full gospel area, they do snake handling. Uh, and they've even done some of that in this area, right? Uh, I think it was over in Cleveland. I think you know anybody, any of that? Uh, this, uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it seemed like uh, people way up in the sticks do a lot of weird things like that, right? Uh, we're not supposed to tempt the Lord in doing these things because that's what the devil tried to get Jesus to do, right? jump off this cliff, and, and he said he'd give his angels charge over you. Like, I'm not doing that. You know, you do that. Uh, and, and so uh, we've, we've done a lot of foolish things over the years, right? Uh, and uh, there was a story of a fellow up in Kentucky that was handling snakes and got bit and died. And his son took over the church and started handling snakes, got bit and died. It's like, look, I mean, if the first guy dies, you can maybe we shouldn't do that, right? You should learn. The only, the only thing better than making your own mistakes is learn from somebody else's mistakes, right? Uh, and so you don't, you're not required to make your own mistakes. Uh, you know, that's one of the great advantages of me that I was, I was the youngest of 11. I learned a lot of mistakes. You know, don't do that right there. That didn't work out so good, right? So I didn't have to commit that same mistake. I can learn from their mistakes. And they made a lot of mistakes. And so I could, you know, learn a lot of things without ever having to do them. And so I, I came out way ahead uh, in my own life there. So, uh, so the Great Commission there, uh, that uh, did the Lord tell us to do these things? He did. Did we see them do these things in the book of Acts? Not just the apostles, right? Philip was not an apostle. Uh, Ananias was not an apostle. Uh, and, and so uh, the uh, Barnabas wasn't an apostle. Silas wasn't an apostle. I mean, they later on were actually called apostles, but they weren't one of the apostles of the Lamb. Uh, we saw a lot of non-apostles in the book of Acts do things. Uh, and so... Uh, these things are just as valid today because this is the great... So should we go into all the world to preach the gospel? So if you're saying these, we shouldn't lay hands on the sick, then we shouldn't be preaching the gospel. Amen? Um, and, and I also like, uh, you know, I'm not going to make a, a big thing out of it, but when he said go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel. So what's our number one priority to the world? To preach the gospel. How, many, uh, how much in that great commission did the Lord say go into all the world and feed the poor? Go into all the world and clothe the naked. Go everywhere and build a church. Go everywhere and fund an orphanage. Are any of those things bad things to do? Not, none, none are bad things to do. But are, are any of those things the highest priority of the church? What's the highest priority of the church? Preach the gospel. Amen. 
Uh, and so uh, when I go on mission trips, I got no problem with you. Hey, we're going to go dig a ditch. You're fine. I can dig a ditch. But if that's all I'm going to go do, I'm not going to go spend uh, that, that time and, and energy to go around the world and dig a ditch. You know, it's just, I'm not going to do that. That's not the priority that the Lord Jesus, the head of the church, gave to the church, which is to preach the gospel. Amen. If that's an aside and we're going to do that on a side project, I got no problem with that. Amen. But that should not be the priority of the church. Amen. Well, that's all we can do. Well, then, then that's not much of a gospel. Amen. Not much good news. Sorry, all we can do is feed you for today. <laughs> I don't know about tomorrow. Sorry about tomorrow. I can't help you tomorrow, but, you know, I can feed you for today and, and that's it. And I thought, man, that, thanks. You know, sorry we're going to die tomorrow because we don't have any faith because you've not preached the gospel to me. Uh, and so we should, we should align our uh, priorities in the same way that the head of the church has aligned the priorities. Amen. If he said preach the gospel, not anything in there about taking care of the natural aspects of the people. Amen. Doesn't mean we shouldn't. Doesn't mean we couldn't. But that's not the priority of, of the head of the church. Amen. And so let's follow his priority. Amen. Uh, and so that doesn't mean you can't do those things. I got no problem with that. But I know a lot of people, their mission trips are only focused on, hey, we're going to go and build, we're going to spend a whole week, we're going to go build this church for them. That's great. Not the priority of the Lord. Amen. Uh, and so I'm not mad at anybody who does that. Uh, but when I go on mission trips, I expect to lay hands on people, pray for people, preach the gospel to them. Uh, and, and cast out devils if necessary. Uh, and if we have to go around and, and feed them something, that's great, you know. And so praise God. Well, let's pray and thank the Lord for the word today. So, Father, we do thank you for the word of God. <clears throat> and, Father, we thank you. If, if you told the church to go into all the world to preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick and have recover, then, Father, you said, these signs shall follow them that believe. We believe, Father. We choose to believe that when we lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Uh, and, Father, that there's no question on our part that you're going to do exactly what you said you would do. So the only question remains is, do we choose to believe it? Do we believe that when we lay hands on the sick, they will recover, Father? And that's the only wiggle room there is in that covenant is what, what we will do, not what you will do. And so, Lord, we choose to believe. We thank you, Father, that we are believers, and we can believe that when we lay hands on the sick, they will recover. No exception, Father. There's never a situation where it won't work if we believe. And so we thank you for that, Father. We praise, praise you and give you thanksgiving for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. We're going to get there? We'll get there. Amen. It's all good. Uh, and so, uh, and one of the things, uh, let's get ready to receive the, the offering of saying, one of the things, you know, uh, you often see people do things like we talked about, you know, pleading the blood and doing things. You know, you have to, you have to have the mercy and grace of God on your life. You know, you, you shouldn't be running around and just correcting everybody and condemning people because they don't believe perfectly according to the word of God. You know, a lot of people are sincere, even in their lack of understanding sometimes. And so, you know, uh, the Lord didn't correct every single thing everybody ever did. Uh, and in fact, many times the disciples did things wrong. He never said a thing to them. Uh, and how many times did the disciples try to keep other people from getting healed? The blind men, you know, they rebuked them. Did Jesus rebuke them for rebu rebuking the blind men? No, he didn't say anything about it. Amen. So just be careful to not run around. It's not your job to point out everybody's faults in the body of Christ. Amen. We can learn from their mistakes and, and learn from, the, from their lack of faith sometimes. And that's fine. You, just, you, know, you see it, you see it. You can't unsee it. Uh, but uh, it's not your job to either condemn them or to, to judge them either in those things. Amen. And so come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. <clears throat> We're thankful for the blessings of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So thankful that uh, we can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Uh, and, and that really, uh, Mark uh, chapter 16, is specifically talking about operating these things through faith. 
We do know later on when we get into 1 Corinthians 12 that, that there are special manifestations of, of God, including gifts of healings that are special uh, anointings that the Lord gives to his church on occasion. Uh, uh, and so, but those things only happen as he wills. But the, the faith of laying hands on the sick is available to everybody at any time. Amen. Uh, and so we'll, we'll, we may talk about some more of that as we go along. So, all right, we'll be blessed, and uh, we'll see you all on Wednesday, right?